Hello and welcome to Through the Turnstiles as we take an in-depth look at the lower league of Scottish football. Joined as always by Muzz and James. How are you both? Oh, I'm dandy, thanks. You look it and sound it, Muzz? Right. Um, uh, Bino, thank you. <laughs> Fair enough. So, um, as always, thanks to you for, uh, for tuning in and listening slash watching. Format this week is we're just going to do a, a short, sharp discussion about League One and League Two, kind of combined. There's been a lot of fixtures. There's a lot of fixtures to come. There's fixtures last night, tomorrow night, Saturday, Scottish Cup as well. So rather than trying to do predictions and talk about games, um, we spoke about last night's games. By the time this comes out tomorrow or you listen on Friday, there'll have been another set of games. So we'll just give a chat this week um, and back to kind of usual formats as the leagues kind of settle down if and when they settle down later on as we go. So the other this episode that we've done this week's a championship one. So if you've got any interest at all in that, then you can go check that out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or on YouTube. If you are watching on YouTube, if you could do us a favour and like the video and subscribe to the channel, that would help us massively. And the other reason that you should go and check out the championship one is for the journeyman spot of the week, which is decent to be fair. So uh, you can go and check out your journeyman spot of the week in the championship one. Because um, I feel half the joy of it is me and James's reactions, and since we've already had the reaction this week, I don't want to try and hashy bash it again. Is that a fair shout, James? Yeah, but I'm more concerned that you've said if you've got any interest in the championship, go and see it, or if you want to listen to the journeyman, go and see it. What about our 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 input and our, our thorough knowledge and consideration of all things Scottish football? Well, that probably That's worthy of a reason to listen as well. That probably falls third after the championship and the journeyman. Yeah, I'm tuning in for the journeyman probably, and then <laughs> if I'm interested in the championship, listening beyond that. Yeah. If not, it's off at the four-minute mark, and then the rest of it's just part of these idiots talking about. What are you saying, Mars? Talking off journeyman. Treat us. Um, well, this is short but sweet. Alternative Mary Hill um, lets us know that um, I sold Nacho Nova a book on Rottweiler care. I, I just thought he was more of a poodle man. I think Rottweiler we played. That's a fair shout, actually. It's a fair shout. Give you that. You, you, you took a breath there before you talked about Rottweiler care, and I was concerned that it was going to be so Nacho Nova a book, and we were just going to be left like as a bit of a blue magazine. Nacho Nova's <laughs> been picked up in all senses of the words, perhaps. Is it going for some risky material? <laughs> no, it's Rottweiler Care, which is also, to be fair, a shock, but not a surprise. Well, what um, was also a shock, but not a huge surprise, was both Partick Thistle and Falkirk dropping points. Did you like that segment there? Straight into that. That was Seamless. flawless and unplanned. I mean, it was something, yeah. yeah James, what is all for uh, Dumbarton and Forfa? Yeah. Um, Can I just say as well, I like the way that Falkirk, they're, they kind of headlined it with 10-man Falkirk. You had 10 men for nine minutes. Come on. <laughs> let's not let's not try. 10-man Falkirk with valiant effort to make sure. Yeah. <laughs> let's not sugarcoat it. He got sent, done and got sent off in the 81st minute. Come on. It's good, good work by uh, Dumbarton team who were sort of on the fringes and could be doing things but also might not be doing things but are now in almost dire straits. Um, so yeah, it is, it's, it's, you know, it's not a job well done because they should be higher than that. Like I say, they should be doing things in my head, sort of mid table, but you know, they've, they've gone, got themselves a point against, you know, top of the table. Um, 
And Ramsbottom seem to have performed relatively well. It's not it's not something that was a like a smash and grab when it wasn't justified. Took the lead, admittedly. Um, mm. you, you almost don't expect an Barton team to see out uh, a result like that against the league leaders. You certainly, well, I certainly don't see Dumbarton going and doubling that, so making it 2 now to really put pressure on Falkirk. So, you know, they'll be happy enough with that because, um, you you know, you don't you don't necessarily have that one marked in the calendar as, oh, this is, this is three points for us. So get up the road with, with one each. Yeah, I think relatively well done. Sam's, Sam Ram's gotten back in the team, James, and did well after his unfortunate one goal that we highlighted last week. Yeah. Um, I'm good, not sure, not good convinced from not sure who to blame for that. Which I, I sort of held my silence previously. Morgan Neal not just turn around and show for the ball instead of letting it scud off the back of I think it was McGeever for a start, but well, uh, maybe if Morgan Neal had shown for the ball. Morgan Neal had shown for the ball, instead of letting it scud off the back of McGeever, perhaps we'd be in a different situation. <laughs> Ramsbottom's got to have his head up, but at the same time... Uh, I saw you as we were speaking, actually, in the group chat. There was another one, wasn't there? Was it Mintrose Clyde, Muzz, for somebody should have done better? Yeah, I think so. It was uh, a similar a similar uh, situation. I couldn't believe it happened again. But, um, I was at the game last night, and Ram certainly uh, himself some an excellent save from a free kick. How did Falkirk uh, shape up, um, Moss? Because on paper, their, te- their team looked negative for being at home to Dumbarton. Did they, did they play two up top? No, uh, with Blair Alston just off the just off Aidan Keener. Um, sometimes it looked like a 4-4-2 on the ball, but now it was a definite, definitely just one up one up front, Aidan Keener. Uh, I think they, des- they deserved the point, Falkirk, because they, they were basically a bit of their fullbacks, right up committed. Uh, there were just lots of movement from between Telfer, Alston, and Leach. Uh, they were they were probing away. Um, Dunfer- uh, sorry, Dumbarton have just scored in a basically a counter attack along ball at the top. They've they've Dumbarton uh, have worked for the point, not anything away from him. And they don't look like a team like and that are really really toiling. But a uh, good solid point. It's that's to be fair for for. I found it difficult to verbalise is that they should be doing things but they're not because they're bottom of the table and and I think Muzzah summed up that they don't look like a team that should be down there but they mm-hmm. are and I think that's that's the bit that I'm finding hard to, to sort of square away is mm-hmm. on, on paper I said a while back that they're, they're almost the nearly men like they have a team for the players that nearly made it or nearly worked at a, a higher level and nearly could do a wee bit of work mm-hmm. so there's something something amiss that's got them down there because they don't they don't seem like they should be which is probably a better version of what I sort of stumbled through at the start of what I was talking about. There's so many good teams in that league that so many fine marks, like Forfar or Bottom, recruited well. But like really solid team, really difficult to break down. Clyde, I don't think they've got as much about them, but they've always they've always got your likes of Goodwillie, play mm-hmm. quite good football. Airdrie just off form. They've just hit, they've had a bad restart. But they are they are playoff material. East Fife picked up um, really again really good system. Uh, they've had the consistent personnel for the last couple of seasons together now. Just a good well-oiled machine. Um, right you know right up to Falkirk at the top. These are these are just good solid teams, mm-hmm. and there's nothing in it between any of them. 
what, what we need is like <clears throat> the championship has got basically everyone on the same games now and it's obviously there's been issues with the shutdown and things I mean it's not happened but for League 1 and League 2 it's almost like there just needs to be some catch up which is you know happening as we speak because you're looking at Clyde as I say no, Clyde are, are quite good and they're maybe sitting down there but they don't have very much about them apart from Goodwillie they've played three less games in Peterhead and are six points away so there's there's room for them then overtaking, climb up the table. But then I look at Airdrie and Muzz has nailed it. They're playoff contenders, but they've played 13 games, so two more than Clyde. And I've only got 16 points. And they've lost the last three. So it was really hard to justify who's where and are they where they should be because there's teams all over the shop that just aren't doing what you would expect them to do. And I don't know how much of that you can blame on the, the shutdown, how much you can say is, it's a good league because it is a very strong league. Uh, this season, I don't know. You know, um, it's, it's one of the league ones, probably the league out of the four Scottish leagues that I'm most intrigued by in terms of how it's lying just now. Because I think, apart from Falkirk, who are almost away the winners, I don't think they are because Cove Rangers are right off. I'm like, what time uh, that point, was for Cove points wise, they're not away the winners, but performance wise and team wise, I think Falkirk are, are just waiting to secure it. It's, it's just going to grind out like this. I get, I get your point, but. I don't almost, know because because see for me see at the weekend albeit Airdrie are going to be fatigued because they've played they play again tomorrow night Thursday night and then they play Saturday they haven't played Tuesday like Falkirk have got the harder game this weekend sorry next kind of full card they so they, they go to Celtic on Saturday they're probably going to get a do it they then go to Airdrie whereas mm. Cove play Clyde Clyde have played four games in the last seven so it's not out with the realms of possibility that come a week today, the gap's one point. Realistically, like, you know, it's yeah. as easy as that, that it could swing like that. Um, and, and Thistle have got um, East Five, which would put them even then five behind. Maza Thistle out there for winning it? Uh, for winning it outright? Mm, I don't know. Give it give it a, give it it one more uh, turnover of fixtures. Even though East Five got a doing last night. No, honestly, yeah. Um, East, I was at East Fife Cove, and they they pressed Cove um, to the point where Cove couldn't get out at all. Uh, put together very well. They, they had a couple of goal scoring chances. Um, they missed a penalty, but as you know, East Fife had it as well. It was a deserved deserved draw. It's a. Uh, I just think that those leagues, um, especially when teams are at home, it's it's difficult. Um, mm -hmm. It was a bit of a doing, but let's not forget it was uh, up at Montrose as well. Who, yeah, they're flying. By the way, they are flying. By the way, are yeah, not out of it at all themselves. They are um, flying. What's that? In ten fact, goals in ten goals in two games. With a midweek well, seven you, seven last week. The, yeah. uh, if you include the the cup win against Nairn, the the bookies um, seem to have the top four as being the closest for the outright winners. They're not taking odds. Unless requested, I presume. Not taking odds on their website, not taking bets in for anyone out with Falkirk Cove, uh, Partick and Montrose. Cove, incidentally, on the, the website I'm looking at, um, sorry, Partick on the website I'm looking at are sitting at 6 to 1, Montrose are 14 to 1, despite the fact Partick are a game less and uh, points behind. So, it's only I think, as the bookies are, are backing me here, but I think if you're a betting man, Cove and they maybe chuck them on 72. Uh, worth a nibble to see to be fair it's the only league in the country that you couldn't have called about 
six weeks ago, two months ago. Yeah. Realistically, mm. the Premiership yeah. Championship and League Two. Um, Top and bottom, by the way. I don't think you could call who was going to be. You can't. You can't call who's going down. No chance. Um, nah. Like Maz says, I really like Forfar. I think they should be a lot higher than what they are. But interestingly, I think. I think. Oh, because then it's what I was going to say. I think last day of the season's for for Clyde, but it's not because that's the last game before it goes into the split, which, by the way, is going to be outrageous, isn't it? So, is it just that after 18 games, the league splits and the top five play each other once and the bottom five play each other once? Is that how it's going? Is that right? After the split? Yeah. As far as I know. Because yeah, how good are those games going to be? Like, how? Yeah. You could be going yeah. into the split. Wait, every team's still play each other once. We're like four points separating the bottom five, you know, that's going to be a, that's going to be fantastic. I think if, if you get like, sucked um, into that bottom split, then it's it's anyone's game. It's not going to be one of those oh, splits where you end up seventh, but you've got more points in the teams in fifth. It's not going to be like against the yeah. The say say for example, East Fife finish sixth. They can't get the cigars out because, like you say, they can get oh. pulled right back into it, can't they? Yeah. So it's and almost it like splits, if you finish in the top half, top, you've got a free hit. <laughs> if it if it splits like. Head up as the table is now. I would say anyone, I would say part of cup, anyone could win that. Peterhead maybe would be just out of it because although they're only a point of part, I could just think, don't think they would quite have enough to mm-hmm. like really launch a serious go at it for the last five games. But anyone else, it's it's there. Montrose, by the way, they'll be they'll be you know they'll be kicking themselves at that point dropped against two points dropped against Clyde. Sorry, more so because it was that. Silly mistake, like we saw in the, mm-hmm. like we saw in the Dumbarton game, um, because that would have put them level with Cove. Same games played, four yeah. points behind Falkirk. They would have um, had a real like. No, you're right. You're right, and I'm loath to talk, talk too much in detail because, like I say, by the time this goes out, it's only going to be relevant for like a few hours before the teams play to, again. So, for for Dumbarton, perhaps one of the teams, two of the teams that could end up going down. They're strong enough to not go down. We're arguing. Are they going to romp League Two next season if they stay the same? No, I don't think. I think Forfar potentially would, but I don't think Dumbarton would. To be fair, um, I know what you mean by that. Because we've said Forfar are a good team. Dumbarton are nearly men. They maybe could be higher. I think if you say both of them would... get relegated, say Queen, uh, Queen's Park and Stirling come up, is that just a league write-off? If Forfar do go down, I think, think Forfar have got Albion, Four... Forfar appear to be more stable financially, so if they go down, they could probably afford to invest in the squad to have a good hit at it, where Dumbarton financially, if they go down, they'd maybe need to cut their call off accordingly, so Forfar maybe have a season, kind of keep what they've got and have a right go at it. Plus, they've got boys like McCallum and Meehan signed on deals till like 2024, so they wouldn't be going anywhere, would they? So I think Forfar would be best place to to have a crack at it. Um, But I just wanted to get Muzzy's thoughts, because we're you didn't. You were away for League Two last week, Mas. Gary Naismith's absolutely flying, isn't it? Aye, four. Was it four wins in four. Four, 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 yeah, four yeah. wins in the bounce. Eh? Second in the table. Uh, you know, results at, last night at a difficult place, Cowdenbeath. Um, good win up at Elgin. Um, obviously, massively difficult place to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've talked a lot about Elgin now. Uh, much of a sort of dark horse they've been, if that's fair. Uh, and a solid win over a good uh, side. So, aye, it's uh, he's getting it right. He's coming. Is that down to settling on a team? Oh, well, that's I what know. I said last week. Like, you'll have watched it. 
no doubt. Uh, no, I think you did watch it. Yeah, I did this time. I night. said, uh, under McDonough, potentially, me and you spoke about it in the podcast and at games, you were going into a game and you're not sure how he's shaping up or he's changing shape midway, but it looks to me as though Naismith's kind of settled almost on that kind of 4-2-3-1. It looks to be mm. a back four and then it's black and brown, colourful midfield, sitting. And what he's done is he's playing Davita, uh, Campbell and Jardin in behind with Blair Henderson up top. But what Naismith's doing well is he's rotating that front four. Like I think that was Henderson's first start of the four last night, and he's coming and bagged a double. But he's keeping that base of his back four and the two kind of sitters um, and just kind of switching up his front his front four every game. Um, well, he's doing well, Andy's listening to us when we were talking about, you know, play Davita more often and utilise him more and... He has, and it's worked, it's worked wonders. The VR's fine. You wonder how he's getting through all these games in such a short space of time as well, because he had a few knocks and stuff at Livy, didn't he? Um, the other thing I wanted to get your thoughts on, was because, again, you went here last week. Um, what are you saying about Albion and Beacon and Annan potentially getting sucked down? Because without getting too much into the debate, it looks like there is going to be a team challenging to come up, whether it's Brora or Kelly. So there are going to be that playoff, you know, so... Because it looked mm. for a couple of weeks, didn't it? Like whoever finished bottom might get away with it again. But now it looks like it's squeaky bum time, doesn't it? For those four, arguably, Annan, Cowden, Albion and Breakin. Yeah, I mean, for me, if Breakin or Albion have to come up against Kelty or Brora, they're losing. Um, yeah. Good and Beef, more of a chance of uh, <laughs> throwing some punches and right. and, and managing to... Back them off, stay up. And in their unpredictable outfit, but I think they might just they might just escape it. And I think they might just be all right. But I, I would fear well, for Albion and Beacon. I just didn't have to say the man with the longest track in Scotland. What a goal he scored! To be fair, Ian <laughs> Anderson is. I think that was his first goal since opening day. I'll put that on our Twitter as well because what a goal that is! Ah, it was an absolute belter. A sort of overhead scissor kick. Yeah. Uh, type thing. Yeah, I know what you mean about the tracksuit. Uh, <laughs> Big game though, was not it? Because seeing Saturday, Cowden play Albion Rovers. Aye. Um, Albion, they, 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 I thought they'd come back from the break all right. Uh, they got a, I think they got a point at home to Annan. And uh, I think they ran Edinburgh City quite close the week before that. Um, so they've looked like not miles off it, but mm-hmm. um, still not a lot of points to show for it. I do I do fear for them a wee bit. And James, at the other end of the table, Queen's Park still on Albion? Huge. Uh, state of affairs at the top of the table. Massive. Um, separated by almost a, a gap too big, the two of them. Um, I still don't really need to be looking to secure this, this top four. Um, secured, actually, incidentally, some very good players. If, uh, see, next, see if Sterling win, though, just, just to interrupt, if Sterling win, they go four behind with a game in hand. It's not a way for the Elms possibility because they've got Albion Rovers after that. Aye, and it's the argument I would make at the bottom of the table as well, though, is that Cowden Beath are, are good enough that they're, be- that they're just better than, Al- than Albion Rovers and Breakin. So they won't, for me, Cowden Beath won't get drawn into any sort of relegation trouble because just by virtue of Albion Rovers and Breakin not being good enough. So... It's all very good saying I still and Albion could be no very far behind Queen's Park. But Queen's Park, you know, when Stirling and Albion, sorry, when Stirling and Albion catch up to them, they're not, then just couldn't stop playing. Queen's Park need to play as well. So they're good enough that they'll just keep, they can just keep on doing what they're doing. And 
Stirling and Albion, for me, really will be the ones trying to keep the pace. Queen's Park will be the pace setters, and I think they've got enough to, to get over the line. Um, far superior goal difference. Um, I think better team, I think, is not the right way of, of putting it, but for me, they're just they're just going to keep doing what they're doing, and I think they're more consistent in picking up points than Stirling and Albion might be. It's worth just mentioning Stirling and Albion briefly. Conceded 9 and 12. Lost one game and they've took 17 out of the last 21 points. Yeah, good. Flying, to be fair, I think. Yeah, I, but, I don't, but like I say, I don't see Queen's Park aren't like that. When they play each other, that's not the season over. No, they've both got the rest of the season to play. And for me, that's why currently Queen's Park are ahead because over the distance, they're, they're just better. Well, after that, there'll be, what, how many games they play in 18? The split, but if they're within touching distance going into the split, because Queen's Park, I think they've got a decent game after that. Queen's Park, I, can't remember, I think it's Annan at home, but then they go to Edinburgh. So... Yeah, but we're in the same situation same, as League One, whereas if you're in, like you say, if you're in touching distance, you're close enough. Mm-hmm. But you so wonder the extent, the extent to which experience will play a part for that Queen's Park team, because Sterling Albion's experienced in places... Maybe not throughout it, um, from sort of management through to to the playing um, playing squad with some some quite young players. At Queens Park, I think I've got people who have been there or there about or have been in similar situations at a higher league, and and know how to win some competitions. Um, mm-hmm. And and I think that does play a, a part because it's almost like a you know World Cup's not the right way to say it, but it's a mini tournament within itself. That yeah. top five, it's like it's round robins and. Yeah, because if you don't, it's almost yeah, it's almost knockout stages where if other teams around you are winning, you're you can't afford to be dropping points. And yeah, I think it'd be a massive game. Um, like Muzz said for a couple other games, ask me after this game how it's going to go because um, it could go either way, and the league will be what it'll be. But I think Queens Park will will take it tight, but they'll they'll win it. Still, on that win, I'll give them a fight. Well, well, talking of coming back to you after the next round of games, we might just well do that because by the time we next meet, um, there'll have been at least another one full round of games. So let's say we're at risk of going into too much detail for it all just to um, not not be the truth within a matter of hours after it comes out. We'll end it there. So um, can, I make a, can I make a final point, Andy? Please do. Before we go, um, it's just interesting that after all the uh, sort of mocking and sneering from myself and yourself about James's prediction, he's probably, as, as it stands, it's going to be closer, it's going to be nearer his prediction for Stennis here than our prediction. And, and see, interesting on that. that. Cheers, cheers love. Get them into the bottom five playing each other and anything can happen, man. I, I don't ah. think Greg Spence has started the game since he's been in the podcast as well, so not that I'm going to link the two to each other, but it does seem a bit coincidental for me. But it's maybe it's maybe lucky for Blair Alston that Falkirk didn't bother a rush uh, retweeting it. He'd <laughs> yeah, have been on the bench as well. Dodged a bullet there. So on that note, as always, any feedback, comments, let us know on Twitter at Dunstyles there. Comment on this YouTube video once you've liked it and subscribed to the channel. If you prefer, you can get us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. If you do listen on there, just nip on to YouTube and subscribe as well before you do, which will help our numbers. So um, as always, thanks for watching, and we'll see you again next week. Cheers.